Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast 384. Surprise, we're still here because Tony almost burned his house down this week. Yeah. 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 Tony's an idiot. I don't know if you guys know this. Tony's an idiot. I am not an idiot. (laughs) How do you not know that your toaster oven was on for four days? Because I thought when I took the garlic bread out of it that it had shut off. Does it not stay warm the whole time? Well, okay, so you just take something out. (laughs) It's warm then. But four days later? (laughs) How often are you going towards your toaster oven? I mean, I'm in my kitchen all the time. Me, not so much. Yeah. And two of those days I was out of town, so not even oh, here. Oh, well, that's even better. Um, <laughs> so I don't, so I didn't get to make fun of Tony for this in the podcast because I completely forgot, but I have to squeeze it in in the intro. If most of our listeners have never seen Tony's house, if Tony's house would have set on fire, it would have went up like that because he's got a lot of shit in here. A lot of flammable, flammable shit. And stuff in here. that's like, I'm actually so honestly shocked and surprised that you didn't that your house did not burn to the ground. I am too. That's a <laughs> it was a shitty it got stuck. You know you twist those little the knob and it was I all of a sudden heard like a clicking sound in my kitchen and that's probably from it drawing so much power that yeah. it's like I'm too hot. Yeah. Luckily uh, if it works like an oven it cycles on and off to keep a constant temperature. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So <laughs> it was it was up there in temperature to cook this garlic bread. So, <laughs> oh, so I am I like I said was quite thrilled that I still had a house yeah. when I noticed that. Yeah, oh, it's just such an amazing thing that you're still alive. <laughs> but on the comic books, and not me, friend. Uh, we reviewed some a lot of books actually. Yeah, a lot of books, a lot of books this week. Uh, Marvel had an anniversary. They put out a giant misnumbered book yeah. to celebrate. Talked about the life of Spider-Man, some Carnage, some Batman, Superman, shenanigans. And then we talked a little bit of some TSA Star Wars synergy that they now have going. Yeah, Disney. Because of some higher-ups. All hail Disney. That's all I have to say Pretty about much so. That. So, you know, sit back, grab a drink, make sure your oven's off, and uh, check out Drunk on Comics podcast 384, Tony's Brush with Darwinism. With the blow up doll. I mean, how can anyone want to put their dick in that? Like, look at that face. <laughs> Is that what you want to look at? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> why are you still playing with it? <laughs> she looks confused. I can't believe Charles brought that from his closet. <laughs> she looks confused. And Anthony is borrowing it. <laughs> Anyone who listens to this podcast knows that this doll's been here for a while. Yeah. She's historical. <laughs> She's my Miley Cyrus for my Yeah. Miley Cyrus suit. Yeah. It's such a weird It works so great. Thing. But yeah, I don't understand why anyone really would No. It's desperation. Uh, yes. I would fuck food before I would fuck a doll <laughs> if I had a dick. <laughs> Oh, I was going to say, you have different body parts that <laughs> different things could work just <laughs> as I, they are. If I had a dick. <laughs> oh, so uh, that's a great way to start off the podcast and let it, letting them know that Charles and Anthony are sharing a blow-up doll. Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm going That's, <laughs> that's why they're not that's here. That's what they get when they're not here. <laughs> I feel bad, though, if Anthony has some of his family members listening and they're like... <laughs> Wow, this took a dark turn from the last couple weeks. I mean, there's a risk involved with being on this podcast, and if you're telling your family members to listen to it and you're on this podcast, you just have to take that risk. Like, I don't tell my mom to listen to this. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that she would be surprised by anything that I said, but I also just don't want to put her through that. Yeah. (laughs) Plus, she doesn't understand comic books, so she'd be very confused the whole time. (laughs) What was that? Uh, yeah. She probably at least knows Spider-Man. Yeah. She wouldn't know that he's having some rough times. 
Oh, I loved uh, seeing the the Marvels hired a new person. Oh, Tom Tolland. Yeah, yeah, that was funny. Uh, he looks terrible with blonde hair and a goatee. Yeah, well, <laughs> gotta have a goatee though. You gotta be your doppelganger, which is the evil one. Always, has, yeah. yeah, yeah, has a goatee. So does that mean there's a clean faced? Uh, what would we? What would your do- doppelganger's name be? Who mine? Moni. To K. Why not Yakum? <laughs> I like Moni to K. <laughs> Moni. It sounds like your porn name. <laughs> well, that's Max Spencer. Max Spencer? You yeah. know what your porn name would be? Yeah, it's your first uh, animal and then the street you grew up on. Oh. So Max with our dog and Spencer oh. street. And that sounds pretty pornish. Mine would be Sachi Poplar. <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> that does sound like a porn name. <laughs> kind of. An Asian zing. <laughs> oh, uh, so yes, it's just the two of us this uh, lovely Jeez, holiday weekend. What are those losers doing? More important things? What's more important than this? Uh, hanging out at a lake or... Yeah, it's fucking raining outside. I know, so that's what... <laughs> joke's on them. <laughs> that was uh, the Living Tribunal, uh, you know, kind of yep. saying fuck you to those guys. Yep. How dare they? Oh, well. That's fine. We can have a... We can have a duo weekend, I guess. Well, I guess I'll talk to you. It's been a while. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> don't know if I can do it anymore. <laughs> All right. So let's get into some comic book reviews. Sure. Uh, Marvel just had a 1000 issue. Yes. Marvel I didn't Comics know. 1, I didn't know that it, they, you know, they've been in the business so long to have an ongoing that hit 1000. I mean, there hasn't been an ongoing Marvel comic, so I don't know where they're getting this numbering system. From. You know exactly where they're getting it from? They saw DC do this with two of their books yeah. in the last year. Those actually hit no shit numbers. Though. This is their celebration of eighty years. That's a big accomplishment. They should have made this book being their eightieth birthday party. Right. They should have gone around that. that. It is eighty pages, eighty comics, yeah. with eighty creative teams. And I so for that I I give this book a, a thumbs down for the stupid title. I guess there's a uh, issue 1001 that's also coming out. Mm. I don't know what all that's going to entail, but this one, I have to say, strange. Strange? Strange in a way that I liked it, but that I felt wanting a bit. Okay. Uh, So, there were 80 different one-page stories. Yep. And some of these, most all of them were great in how they did it. Mm-hmm. Some were just straight up uh, prose, like just a a static image with, you know, like Captain right, America like a talking. With a, yeah. yeah. And those were cool too, reading them. Uh, I wish there was something that was a bigger thread holding all these stories together. Because some of them felt thrown in. Yeah. So, from my understanding, from looking at the top of the pages, was this was supposed to be timeline-based? No, and it's yes. It's not? Okay. Because I didn't go through all of it. I only perused the first couple, and it the, seemed like the, there was, like, a timeline going So, each the one of these stories, and this is what I did like, it wasn't what each event, and let's go through those again, like, the history of Marvel Universe kind of doing that. Right. This, each uh, story, being one page with a handful of um, artists and writers, and some of them did multiple different, you know, you mixed them up and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one overall seemingly story that was kind of going through, which did have to do more with the the time. Each one of these, though, uh, the comic book almost felt like it was a loose, like, uh, premise, like, uh, one of them that I really liked, uh, Doctor Strange Spin Cycle, which is him trying to wash his cape and not wanting and not wanting no. to, so it's choking him out. So this is it says 1951 Strange Tales premieres. Okay, which is where Doctor Strange was at. Now it doesn't necessarily mean that that was the year because they had to go from uh, 
seven or not 79 so is it 39 no how can i do 80 years past 49 i believe is the first it's 39 you're, is it 39 you're right yeah, yeah i can't do math yeah and uh and through that each one um like i said took a a brief um thing from it like what i liked the most the first one uh, it's 1939, the Human Torch debut. If only there was a way for you to have done the math by just looking at a page instead of trying to figure it <laughs> out in your head. Well, I was getting that page. <laughs> so as this first one, which does seem to have, it starts the overall story throughout this, 1939, the Human Torch uh, debuts in Marvel Comics number one. Right. The original Human Torch. Yeah, who was the android. And, right. And then the next one kind of goes into... Uh, it's 1940. The three X's appear in Mystic Comics number one. So it was kind of some things of debuting, some things that seemed loose that w there were a, a, a background character in it, but they mentioned them. So mm -hmm. they're like, you know, 1968, uh, Marvel Boy, and I'm just making that up because it's in there somewhere. And I liked the overall story that they told, so it made s some sense. With beyond this uh, overall uh, story arc that's been going in here with some mask and um, the mask of uh, eternity, I believe is what they're calling it, seems to actually be something that they're setting up for a future event. So I did like that there was, and uh, Al Ewing uh, did that one throughout this, broken up in the different times. I wish more things had uh, related to that. Because, mm. I mean, we have one that, like, Six Tips for a Selfie Success uh, oh. by Patsy Walker. Yeah. So that was, like, a random thing in there. And, and reading it was cute. And, you know, the little blurb there is Patsy Walker gets her own title in 1945. Not something that you you would think Marvel would be, like, not not, not to say that they're not proud, but that's what we want to do. But then again, you can't just keep doing every Spider-Man, every X-Men, right. everything in here. Yeah. And I was actually really surprised that she got her own comic book in the 45. Yeah. I didn't know that. So it was a little new uh, knowledge for me. But then, you know, you have these other stories that uh, are great. Uh, Ralph Macchio did a one that I thought was uh, really good. Um, Joe Hill did the Doctor Strange one that I liked. So... You have all these different, um, this one that's with uh, Loki, with the different Lokis telling them uh, you can escape, and then you can escape, and you can escape, and then you just get there that they're in a circle telling each other you can escape, because he's always been stuck mm. in that wheel of always having to be the bad guy. Fucking love Loki. And it was yeah. a one-page story. Uh, there, was, there was a couple Spider-Man ones that I also enjoyed. One-page stories. Yeah. So fantastic. And... I feel that that's hard in some instances, but then in others where I saw not too many words, and I believe it was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar did one. That, what? Yeah. Well, like I said, Ralph Macho did one, but he's yeah. also written a couple other comic books before. That's great. But, the, the, yeah, Kareem's one, I was kind of like, I didn't feel there was much wordage in what did you do to make the story... And I am more interested in some of that. Uh, what these people's, like I said, did they were they were given a a year? Yeah. And then you have to find something that debuted that year. Uh, I mean, actually, that sounds to make sense. That's probably what it they does. Did. And you know, they, it was probably like not. Although they, I mean, they did have some of the bigger characters in here, right? Captain America and Doctor Strange. But I noticed that on the first Captain America one, the one that was by Mark Wade, that was just the prose with the very iconic sort of. Captain America image that was like the movie serial came out that that year it wasn't even comic book related but it was Captain America related so that you might be on to something there maybe we should have done some research well that. I did and I didn't really see anything come up of how yeah. they came to be writing each one yeah that's interest. that's an interesting idea though if they were like here's a year figure fucking figure it out and like I said <laughs> some of the other people loosely uh uh, in the Ewing's uh, random stories throughout this of this mask and these X's and everything in the Enclave, uh, which I thought was really compelling. There were some of them in here too. Uh, the Hercules one was really funny that it felt like these people were being interviewed for 80th birthday. 
Like, there's one part where Deadpool kind of is breaking the fourth wall and 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 doing that. So I would think if they were celebrating 80, 80 years of their birthday, doing the interviews would be fine. But they should have set that up in the beginning of, like, we're going to tell you a tale, but there's this story that's interwoven throughout the years, which I thought was cool. But now there's just random, mm-hmm. this is me telling you a story in one page. That's what I didn't like. It didn't feel as connected Although I was enjoying some of uh, what they're doing. Yeah, and actually I'm on the page now. The Ralph Macchio one, which was a Conan who debuted in Marvel uh, Comics for Conan the Barbarian number one in 1970. This one was like a gut punch of when he was uh, a thief on the streets mm-hmm. and he was with the guy that was stealing. And so then Conan being the king now, the old man stole from him. And he set him free because he goes, you know, you you reminded, like, partly you reminded me of that time that we spent. And I'm like, damn, that was actually a really fucking good story for one page. Yeah. Uh, And there's plenty of them in there. And I'm looking forward to what's going to come out of this. Um, Sounds interesting. I haven't, obviously, I haven't gone through it yet. I started reading it and I was just like, I need to like fully. Oh, I had to, I had to take uh, immerse myself in this uh, in order to really read it. I think so. I'm gonna take my time. Two things too. So each page was just uh, uh, one uh, one page comic. That's how it was, and I love that in 2019, uh, which was the ending of this mask thing, um, has Eternity showing up. And pretty much talking to, uh, you know, about this eternity mask and the fate, you know, mm-hmm. that's going to give it to you. So seeing it go throughout the different years of Marvel Comics in this was really interesting. And the little bird for that is Marvel Universe celebrates 80 years of publishing history. We then get an epilogue to the story, which I thought was really interesting in 2020. The face under the mask is revealed, hmm. uh, and and the raider returns. So, I'm like, they teased me for something in the future in this book, yeah. And that normally doesn't happen, even much so that we also have not only a ending ep- uh, epilogue to to be continued. We have at the end of this book, uh, Marvel Co- like some of the interesting parts behind this. And then uh, in memoriam for those who passed, not all of them are just Marvel people. These are people within industry, and there's like over 150 names on here. Of course, the big three at the The, time. Yeah, Jack Kirby, Stanley, and Steve Didko. Uh, This uh, picture is taken out of the back of uh, Death of Captain Marvel. So it's an iconic picture that's been around. Just in memoriam, and just seeing some of these names, I was like, Oh man, I forgot that that person passed away or this person here. Yeah. That's a lot of names. But this would be the credits. Right. Of a movie. What do we also get? We get an end credit comic. Oh, nice. I'm like, what the F? Like, I really liked uh, how that was set up. I was not expecting, again, another teaser. So there's lots of this book that I truly enjoyed. The, the one thing is I wish everything tied in. But then again, I guess I was kind of along for the ride with yeah. just the randomness of some of the stories. It really was a great book. I think Marvel, though, should have just said it was 80th birthday. Yeah, instead of doing the false numbering system. I mean, come on, Marvel. Yeah, who? no one with the internet could, you yeah. know, tell they make it. But then again, probably most of them aren't going to really research that anyways. Right. Yeah. It's silly. Um, so the Spider-Man life story ended this week with number six. His life ended? Well. The story of his life? Yes. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> Spoilers. Um, so it was... <laughs> like you weren't going to say that eventually. <laughs> um, so it, it ended in 2019. Like So the book started with Spider-Man's origin in the year Spider-Man came out, ended this year. So, and he aged as, you know, if anyone's read the book or listened to any of the reviews I've done, he's aged through time as a person naturally would. So in this book, he's 
you know, he's up there. He's a gray-haired Spider-Man. And it's interesting because they've kind of taken this whole, they've taken the whole Civil War story and, like, turned it a little bit because what happened is the Civil War happened where the, it was hero versus hero, and Doom took that opportunity to, like, take over the world. So he's pretty much ruling the world at this point. And Spider-Man and Miles Morales... Uh, Peter Parker and Miles Morales, both of them are Spider-Men, um, team up to go out into space to like to set off this Doom protocol, Doomsday protocol that will shut down the stuff that Doom is using to control the world. Um, but they've taken the sup superior Spider-Man story where Doc Ock dies and then implants his brain or whatever, memories, life force, ghost, I don't know, into Spider-Man, yes. but instead of being Peter, it's Miles oh. who has it inside of him. And Peter doesn't realize that it's him until they get up into space and Miles is acting super like, you know. So what, what happened to Miles then? He, he dead? He's not dead. Peter saved him. Okay. His mind was still in there? He, yeah. Okay. So the way it happened is they get up there, um, there's this whole, I mean... There's this whole beautiful thing at the beginning where MJ's like, you know, you're, yes, you're older and you're the only person left that can help this new generation of heroes take back the world. So go do what Spider-Man needs to do and stuff like that. And his kids are there and it's just all very cute. And like Spider-Man had a life and it makes you feel good. Um, and then they get up into space and Craven's there. But Spider-Man previously had said before that all of his enemies are dead. Because he's old. All of his enemies were older than him. Yeah, that's yeah, Okay, yeah, that so, makes sense. <laughs> at this point, all of his enemies are dead. So Craven's up there with, like, the symbiote on him, the Venom symbiote. Oh. But when Peter defeats him and, like, gets the symbiote off of him, it's just Craven's skeleton, which is super fucking weird. And creepy. And almost has nothing to do with the story, really. <laughs> except that it was just creepy and weird. Um, but you find out that uh, Doc Ock is in Miles. And there's this whole internal, like, brain, inside his brain sort of battle going on between him and Doc Ock to get Doc Ock out of Mar Miles. And there's this very touching moment where the memory of Aunt May shows up in Peter's brain. And in this storyline, May and Doc Ock had been married up until May died. And so it was the memory of May that defeated Doc Ock. And it was just, it was all just very cute and touching. And May's like, you've done what you wanted to do. Your whole life you've spent feeling bad for not saving Ben, so you've been trying to save everybody else, and you've done it. I was sort just of thinking thing. of a bad wordplay pun. <laughs> so, do so, you know what will defeat Doc Ock? Spider-Man's aunt? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe, and Aunt May... Yeah, that was terrible. You were yeah. right. <laughs> Instinctually, you were right. That was terrible. <laughs> um, but it, you know, there there ends up being a a disaster aboard this space thing, and Peter decides he needs to save Miles because he's the future, and Peter has to sacrifice himself to save the world, basically. So it was just like I fucking cried like a little baby towards the whole end because you see the funeral and you see. Uh, MJ talking to Miles about how he needs to take over for Peter and she gives him the suit, Spider-Man suit, the actual Spider-Man suit. And it's just, like, it's so weird just to watch a hero that you've been reading your whole life and has been around for such a long time, like, actually age and then come to the point in their life where they die in, like, such a final way where you know, in at least this story, it's like a forever death. It was just, Really good, and I definitely. I mean, it's only six issues, so anyone but aren't who has, they longer, or are they just no, like twenty four? Yeah, they're okay, normal. Okay, I thought that the first one was a little bit thicker. It might have been. It might have been, um, but yeah. Well, hold on. This one is. It's like thirty, thirty one pages long. Okay. So it's a little bit longer, but not, not too much. But just such a good 
story and such a thing that I never knew that I needed to see like an actual playing out of a hero's lifetime that we don't ever get in comic books because they're just eternally the same age somehow. They keep pushing back the timeline so that their age is justified, but it was just, I mean, you know, it makes it seem like it's all worth it when you actually watch them go through their lives and everything that they sacrifice and when they get to the end of it, it makes it seem like it, they actually did something rather than they just keep facing the same shit over and over and over and over and over again. So, really good. Chip Zdarsky really brought a story that I didn't know that he was capable of because usually he's like the funny guy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think there was one of the comics in here that literally had one word in a frame, so therefore I was like, how... It was one of Chip's uh, comics in in the 80th anniversary one. Okay, I guess you get writing credits for that one (laughs) word blue. They do the scripts. I know, yeah. They they really lay out the story, so they do more than just the words. But (laughs) still, I'm thinking, I could have written that. (laughs) Uh, but anyway, super good. It's done now, so I'm sure trade's coming out. Definitely pick it up and read it. I think it's worth it. I wanted to get into that. I just, I didn't. It's, it's just, it's so good. It's such, it's so nice to start at the beginning of a story. And it's like this with any short run of comic, right? That has a beginning and an end. But with it being an actual Marvel superhero, knowing that you're going from literally the beginning of his life to the end of his life is just so satisfying in a weird way. I I mean, watching Spider-Man die, not necessarily satisfying, but (laughs) it kind of is. It really, I mean, it kind of is in a weird way to know that he lived a long, fulfilling, tough, but fulfilling life. All right. uh, One other book that I want to talk about, Batman Superman number one. Now... Usually when they have these team-ups, uh, for me, it's it's hit or miss. Usually more miss, because I... It's tired uh, of watching them fight each other. Well, it's not even that. Because it, it, they don't... Like, in those ones, very rarely do, do you see... And now that I'm thinking about that, it's very true. In the DC world, the whole... We show up at a scene, we fight each other, and then we're friends... I actually don't see that usually ever at all in most DC books. Marvel all the fucking time. Yeah. I'm getting sick of that trope. No, I, more or less, I I, I still don't like Goody Two-Shoes uh, Superman. Aww. And this one is one of the better ones where you have their kind of banter, where you can have a Goody Two-Shoes Superman, but you have the brooding Batman that kind of, well, really does contrast but how when they're talking to each other uh, about having a uh, pretty much a backup plan to um, Batman was like, do you have a backup plan to take me down? And Clark's like, that, you know, I don't. Why would I do that? And he's just like, well, you should. But he's testing Superman because he knows Superman wouldn't really have that. Because this book takes place right after the seven issue, uh, the Batman Who Laughs mm. story arc, where mm-hmm. we already saw Batman was infected with the virus, but able to cure himself. And who knows if he has antibodies now to cure whoever may be infected. But at the end of that uh, seven part, uh, we saw Commissioner Gordon was still partly infected. And so they're trying to get down to the bottom. They they caught the Batman who laughs. He's hidden in some jail cell underneath I the mean, Justice League. Honestly, they they didn't kill him. I know. Like seriously, what the fuck is wrong with these people? I understand not wanting to cross that line. But it's fucking Batman that's the Joker. He's the most twisted fucking villain ever created and they're just like, "We'll just put him in some cell. That'll hold him." <laughs> So what I did like a lot about the the dialogue, whether it was internal or out in the open, and actually what was funny at first was some of the things of like you know you're, uh, I think you're, uh, I think you know Bruce is worried, and then there's Batman's internal dialogue of I'm a bit worried about this or like, <laughs> and I think this, and then he's like I think Superman's thinking this of me, and <laughs> hey are you thinking this? So 
like I said, the dialogue and everything was great on this, so I thought it was just enough of extraness because I do like that internal perspective, but it wasn't uh, some fucking Bendis, like, not making sense mm. uh, shit. But the overall uh, story that they were both trying to say is if the, the good guys were to act like the bad guys, a.k.a. thinking of ways to take out superheroes, uh, they would be pretty much unstoppable. And in fact, by the end, the big reveal pretty much states that we would be the best bad guys ever because we would know how to do things better than the bad guys right. do. And now, part of this, I'm thinking, Batman, though, you have these uh, ways to take down yeah. all the superheroes. Yeah. So does that make you a bad yes. guy? I mean, that's always been the argument, right? Is he a good guy? Or is he just... He keeps feeding into the system just, of Arkham. Yeah. and Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he set off that whole, the whole OMAC thing, and then the, the Crisis on Infinite Earths, and Blue Beetle dying, and all that shit was all the fucking Batman's fault. <laughs> so I liked uh, so they found uh, one of the big things in here was the Batman who laughs Batcave which when they the reasons why they had to find it and where they found it was a bit not ironic but like holy shit that's kind of dark and the reasons why he chose the area but I just love that there he's like you know do you, you know, you kept all those, the coins and everything's like, you know, uh, mementos of your past and failures and stuff. And it showed that, you know, how much sentimental you are. And Batman means, it says, you know, you mean being human? Because you don't see, you see Bruce have that. But right. Batman is straight up internal brain, like a computer. Yeah. Uh, X's and O's. Um, yeah. There's some shit that, that starts happening X's and O's. Ones and zeros? Yes. <laughs> Kisses and hugs. <laughs> oh, and I can't even explain this this reveal at the end of... I'll, I'll tell you off the air, but I was just thoroughly impressed, and I love where this is going to be going. And, yeah. 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 Seems like there's going to be more people infected with this virus, which... Partly makes me wish they would have waited doing this because there's already that uh, DC Deceased going on. Right. Which this could sort of kind of... This is a less uh, lethal... You know, this is serum you have to be injected with, so not everyone's just going to all of a sudden turn into Jokers. Right. But if you have kind of a zombie-ish... I mean, I guess they're less zombies, too. They're just... They're, it's like you're creating psychopaths. Yeah. Like... The worst psychopaths. Not the ones that you're, you know, not that guy you work with, but you're like, I think that guy could kill somebody. Like, legit psychopaths. <laughs> Have you been, did you read The Last Deceased? I did not. So that ends with, I, I mean, saying a bang is a nuclear bang that I'm like, oh. I don't know if they're going to, they're probably going to go Marvel zombie route where it's just going to be zombified hmm superheroes and what they do. Yeah. And it'd be interesting if that's the route they take where maybe they have the flash, then go through worlds and break yeah. the barrier down. Do you remember the first Marvel zombies, how that ended with the zombie Galactus? Yeah. Oh God. What a way to end a book. And then <laughs> they, they went, well, they were able to find the multiverse. Yeah. And then there was even some, what I didn't want to see is that infection spread to the 616, and they started to a bit having it come out of the nexus of all reality, which is where Man-Thing and the Monsters by Night uh, group mm -hmm. down in the swamps of uh, Florida, yeah. Everglades. So small things of Marvel that's like, you have a fucking like nexus of realities here. You might want to have more people watching that yeah. just in case. Just in case. <laughs> Um, so I, a couple of quick ones here, because I feel like I read a bit this week. Um, I read the next Absolute Carnage series. There was actually three books that came out. There was Absolute Carnage number two, and then there was Absolute Carnage, Miles Morales, and then there was another one that I didn't read, which was Lethal Protectors number one. Um, Absolute Carnage number two and Absolute Carnage, Miles Morales actually are 
almost the exact same comic. The only difference is, is Absolute Carnage is from the perspective of Eddie. And the Miles Morales one is from the perspective of Miles Morales. But they both cover the same thing that happened, which is Miles Morales. And this is not a spoiler, because if you've been on the internet at all in the past fucking five days, you know that Miles Morales now has, is infected with the, the Carnage symbiote. Um, and that's kind of where both of them end is, and it's funny cause you said you're sick of the whole, uh, people fighting each other and then being friends afterwards. Well, the Miles Morales one starts with him fighting Scorpion and then the carnage symbiotes show up. So then they have to like call a truce and fight together because they're after Scorpion cause he's actually had the venom symbiote on him before. Who fucking hasn't had this goddamn symbiote on him. And... Yeah, well, they just had the recent, uh, um, well, not that one specifically, but they had that event where pretty much the symbiotes took over yeah, the Marvel Universe. Yeah, that's true. And almost everyone had yeah. some sort of symbiote. It makes you wonder if, like, either they did that and then they, in their heads, they were like, someday this is going to come in handy for us and we're going to do something that has to do with this. Or if they were just like, oh, this is convenient. <laughs> Um, but they're both, I mean, you could probably read either Absolute Carnage or Miles Morales and kind of get the same uh, story, just from different perspectives. I mean, again, it, they both end the same way. The only thing about the Absolute Carnage one that I thought was weird um, and interesting, not, it's just, so Eddie shows up as Venom to this battle that Scorpion and Miles are having with all these Carnage like, I don't even know what to call them anymore because they're just people who have now have the Carnage symbiote on them. They're like little mindless drones of Carnage. And they're fighting, and Scorpion tries to run away while Miles is fighting the these things. And Eddie shows up, and he throws Scorpion back into the fray to, like, fight these things. And then Scorpion gets stabbed by his own tail... Because Carnage shows up and, like, grabs his tail okay. and, like, stabs him through the chest with it. And Eddie's like, no! And I'm like, you threw him back in there! <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck did you think was going to happen? <laughs> it was just such a weird thing for them to do. Anyway, not the most engaging of all of the Carnage books that have come out recently, but most likely very important to the story. Um, I also caught up on Ice Cream Man. Which is very good still. Uh, this last one was, was really good, but more so because I was catching up on them. I read, like, five of them. And number 13 was super interesting because it was called Palindrome, and it was literally a book you could read backwards or forwards. And I just thought, like, I love shit like that when they play with it. And it wasn't like... I've read books where you read it one way, and then you read it the other way, and it's completely different. This is not that book. You read it one way... It's a palindrome, right? You, a palindrome is a word you can say frontwards or backwards, and it means the same thing. Like taco cat. You flip it <laughs> around, and it's still taco cat. So it's it's like that. If you read it forward, it's the story. If you read it backwards, it's the story. It's almost exactly the same story. There's, like, key words that are switched around that kind of change the meaning of the story a little bit. Um, but it's just really interesting things that they do in these books. They had that one that was all in Spanish. That was very confusing to me because I don't speak Spanish, but still you could understand what was going on. Did it's you just, try to translate it? I did not try and translate it because it was written so well with the art that you didn't need to translate it. You knew what was going on, even if you didn't understand the words that were in the bubbles. And I appreciated that they didn't feel like they needed to translate it, like below with little asterisks, you know, where they told you what they were actually saying. Still a really good book. I always forget that it's out, and then I'm like, shit, I'm five behind, and then I can just blow through them. They're just so good. Um, I also cut up on Ascender, which is the sequel to Descender. Um, really good. You're, you're, they're get, finally getting into what happened at the end of Descender and where these characters have been between then and now and what has happened to all of them. I'm not going to really go into it because they're very clearly just building the story right now, but... It's still really good. Such a, such a good fucking book and the art. I just can't get over how good that art always is all the time. So that's, that's about, that's about my reviews for this week. Okay. 
That's about all I got. Um, there wasn't a lot of news that I felt. Not a ton. I said that and you were like, ugh, Lindsay, always, no news from you. <laughs> well, I mean, if you search the depths of... If you go on the bla- the dark web, you can find all the news. Well, yeah, I mean, I was able to find shit such as they've re-released Spider-Man Far From Home in the movie theaters again. Well, with I a knew, couple extra minutes. I knew that from looking oh, at the oh. movies that were out in the theater this weekend. <laughs> so see, there you go. You did your own research. Uh, the four extra minutes are pretty much him running errands before actually taking his trip. Uh, primarily, there's some scenes in the trailers that kind of showed him trying to get his passport and this and that. Oh, that's what they've so. added? Yeah, not much. But there's also been reports that the extended cuts uh, pretty much empty theaters. Now, whether this is people being like, I don't need to go see that again because it doesn't seem like the greatest of reasons to go watch this right. in the theaters again, or if it's more or less a sign of people saying, fuck you, Sony. Yeah. We don't want to... We know what you're doing and we don't like it. Yeah. Although I can't blame them, honestly, but... No, I can't. And normally any other world, I would have been, sure, fine, you know, if you want to go watch it again and watch these... I, like again, like the Avengers one, I didn't feel that was a need to have to go back. The only thing going for that was trying to break the record. Yeah. But beyond that, uh, there was not really a need to uh, go see it again. Other than they're both amazing movies and worth a rewatch, honestly. For sure. But I don't. Again, fuck yeah. Sony, Sony and Marvel. Yeah. Both of them. They still need to come to. Stop fighting and reconcile, you bitches. that's what i feel about that um to show the the might of disney we all know disney is mighty i think that they're slowly taking over the world um but the tsa arguably one of the most uptight rule-driven organizations in the united states of america for good reason uh actually reversed a decision that they made on something related to Disney, and that is the Coke bottles that you can buy at Galaxy's Edge, which apparently are shaped like thermal detonators. The TSA had decided you can't bring those on a plane. They look like bombs, and we don't like that. Hmm. Uh, and then TSA, who knows if Disney intervened? I would say probably. Well, um, I would <laughs> think probably too, but I also think. Uh, the two places where those are going to mostly be going is obviously from California or Florida. Right. How many upset just passengers, people that have gone to the parks right. thinking they could bring these on. Right. And tons of people are buying them because I don't know if you've heard of this, but Galaxy's Edge is very expensive. And uh, all places <laughs> in Disney. I, I just saw some the other day that they're raising their prices for tickets. I'm yeah. Like, Fuck that! They I don't. Know. It's insane. Uh, but th- so these these cokes, these coke bottles with coke inside of them, uh, are five dollars and forty nine cents, ninety five cents. Yeah, so pretty much six bucks. Yeah, and uh, so one of the cheaper tokens that you can bring back with you from Disney is a six dollar coke. Um, so you know the fact that they look like bombs and they're full of liquid. The TSA was like, no. Sir, you cannot bring that. But now you they've decided that you can. You can pack it in your fucking checked luggage if you want to keep the liquid well, there, inside. Yeah. Or you can dump it and bring the empty bottle as a carry-on. So it depends on how you want to keep the integrity of your souvenir. If you care whether it has Coke in it or not, then that's how you figure out how to pack it. But I just thought it was interesting because... I can't imagine the TSA reversing any decision that they've made for any other situation, except for that this is related to Disney. And Disney was like, you guys are pissing us off. (laughs) Yeah. Do you want to see what happens when you piss Disney off? Because we will shut down all the airlines everywhere. (laughs) Nobody's going anywhere. (sighs) Mighty Disney. I don't, it has me a little worried. (laughs) I mean, I love you, Disney. Don't come after me. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't one of the um, the head uh, editor uh, in chief, um, CB Sabisky? Oh, he CB, yeah. he uh, had to explain to the TSA agents 
about this mm. and what it is and was able to get through after explaining it, taking off the top and having to go through the x-ray machine. Do you think he uttered so the he, phrase, do you know who I am? I would hope not. He doesn't seem like the type of person that has power go to his head. But I'm also thinking because he had to deal with this and obviously uh, being the head uh, editor-in-chief of, of Marvel. Right. He probably gave a phone call. He's probably got, you know, yeah. someone high up being like, you guys need to talk to these people. I was able to kind of get through. But I'm a, I'm a somebody. <laughs> yeah. Most of these people are nobodies. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm sure that's probably how it all yeah. came about. Yeah. It's craziness. Oh, but I'm still going to buy their subscription service when it launches. <laughs> it's expected to exceed uh, all their thoughts. and Yeah. So the price point seems really generous. Yeah. I, I have mean, a feeling after two years that will... Go up. Go up. Yeah. It dep- I mean, it depends. The If you look at Netflix, I mean... They're, they will most likely still have more content than this Disney app would. And it's, Disney has so much back catalog that they're already leaning on, stuff that they own, whereas Netflix is basically like, I mean, anything that's Netflix original, they're creating or buying and putting their name on it. I wonder, though, if Disney, I haven't seen anything of it, but... Some people that listen may be too young to understand just pennies a day oh. when Disney used to be, you had to pay for it yeah. as an extra a cable premium channel. channel. Yeah. I loved it going over to my grandparents' house because they had it, so we got to watch it every now and then. Here's the thing. They went f- away from that, I want to say around 2000s, and became just a regular cable yeah. network where you could then see a lot of their shows, and they came out with a lot more, you know small kid-based shows, not stuff mm-hmm. that I grew up with watching. I wonder if they're going to start moving some of that content to Disney Plus and making it now back mm. again. You have to pay for everything. I have a feeling that they would want to have the normal cable, but then again, if they've already hooked some people on normal yeah, free cable to pay for the extra uh, subscription, I, I just... I Is there anybody who still pays for cable? For full cable. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> I just hope yeah. it goes uh, the good way. But Marvel has, well, not Marvel, Disney has tons of money to burn. Yeah. Where Netflix has slowly burned and built a catalog up of shows. Disney can kind of just do that right. and wipe their hands because I don't think people understand how much money Disney has and how much of the market they have and how much more they're going to make. It's kind of a bit... uh, Yeah. I mean, again, they're taking... Monopolizing. Yes. Yeah. But Netflix still has some fucking great shows. I want to quick say uh, Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance. I binge-watched it all right before this recording Holy shit, I was in love with it. Yeah. The puppetry, the story, I will say this at the beginning, if you've already seen The Dark Crystal, you obviously know how that movie ends, when at the ending they talk about the beginning and when the shard was shattered. this is a prequel, right? So this is a prequel to that, but they don't really talk about what they were before. The Skeksis were already here. Mm. And, they, and so I'm like, whoa, wait, that's breaking the lore. However, they get into the lore, and then they just don't need to show that to give that away. I guess they were trying to keep secrets of the movie, that if you haven't watched the movie, you'd be surprised uh. when you watch the ending. They briefly talk about the, the shattering. It's just the magic, the visuals. Um, do you think that it's beneficial to actually watch the movie first, or do you think that's completely unnecessary? I, I mean, because I know it happens after, but like... It's unnecessary, but I feel... I don't... It's No, you don't need to, and this is a good story in what it is. But I almost feel like with most things... Having that knowledge and then watching this, it, it's a better enjoyment because okay. you kind of know some things that are going to happen. Right. They do show some visions of the future, but then you kind of, in your mind, 
psych yourself out of like how the fuck's that going to resolve when we know this has to happen right. and this person needs to be here and that there's a lot more Skeksis and uh, Mystics which I thoroughly enjoyed some of their uh, nuances that each one has yeah it just and more of those little fizz, fizz gig thingies what the hell are those actual things called uh, what was fizz gig he was a I, he was a furball <laughs> <laughs> they mentioned it uh, in the show. Well, they have the land striders, those giant, yeah. uh, weird-looking things. Uh, Agra, the one-eyed uh, oh, yeah. witch, did some things. It, oh, like I said, watch it. And one of the things that you will... It's a lot more brighter than the Dark Crystal, which is great, so you can see things. Ah. I will say the one thing that felt a little bit uncanny is sometimes watching the puppet's mouths. But other than that, you thought they were real. Yeah. The way that they shot them grabbing objects and everything. it And then there's some other puppetry that's just, like, unimaginable. And they try to do everything uh, practical, practical effects. So the CGI that they use, you can see why they did it and how it enhances the scene. I hope to God they have another season. I could see the ending in a way that okay, then there's some lore that's lost, but then you get to the Dark Crystal. Right. But it really seemed to lead up to there could be another season. Mm. And I really... Mm. Mm. <laughs> and so, uh, finding out some of the cast. So that's the Chamberlain who does the... Mm. Mm. Gelfling. Uh, this is Simon Pegg. Oh. Mark Hamill is one of the other voices. Oh. There's uh, All-Star cast and... For me, listening to them, they sounded just like the original voice yeah. actors back in the day. I love everything Dark Chris. I love everything Jim Henson. Yeah. I need people to watch this so that they know they need to make more of this. Because, seriously, the time and effort and dedication that they sure. put into this, yeah. way harder than just having actors right. do a movie. Yeah. I plan on watching it. The people that I live with weren't super keen on watching it this weekend, so... It is in my future. I was just trying to determine whether I needed to rewatch the movie first and then watch the show, or if it would be better viewed by watching yeah, the show like and said, then the movie again afterwards. I mean, if as long as you can briefly remember some things yeah. from the movie, uh, not needed to rewatch it before, but it's probably good to be a refresher. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I had mentioned it on the air before, but what we do in Shadows, the TV show. I power watched through that the other Super week Super good. Too. So good. So fucking so good. So good. Watch it. Please watch it. I mean, it was on FX, so I watched it on Hulu, which means it I had already too. completely played out on FX. I don't know how that plays into like a show being renewed. If the, it's already it was renewed, was it renewed before already? It was even oh, off there. It's just the ending of that with the uh, Guillermo. Yeah. Guillermo. The Guillermo. 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 Yeah. Didn't fucking say his name. He's a. He's a... Yeah, well, don't even say it. Just, he's a, that was... He's oh, a thing. Yeah. He's got a thing going on. Um, it's just... It's so good. And I like that, like, you can very clearly see that uh, Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement are still involved in the making of this, plus them having shown up in an episode. That One episode of my favorite was episodes. so fucking amazing. Um, I Did you catch the references of some of the other people that weren't there? Oh, yeah, like Rob. Brad, Rob was, Brad, Brad and Tom. Yeah. And, Rob Rob wants to put that all behind him. And I was like, for a minute, I was like, who the fuck are they talking about, Rob? And then I was like, oh, that Rob. <laughs> yeah, I was explaining that to my brother. I was like, you do know that all those people played vampires at one part or another. Um, and he goes, what, really? I go, yeah, you didn't get the references of some yeah. of those other names that weren't there. And he goes, once again, like, such great fucking writing. Yeah. Well, and I think, like, they were, it was so interesting because, like, Tilda Swinton, not everyone's seen the vampire movie that she's done. It's really fucking good, so you guys should definitely go watch it. Um, and obviously, uh, what's her name? Uh, Evan Rachel Wood. She was in Twilight, or not Twilight, uh, uh, Bl True Blood. True Blood, yeah. Yeah, she was, like, the vampire queen of the South or something like that. It was just, it was such a good, it, it is such a good show. It's funny, and it's just... One last really uh, quick review that I'm going to say. Carnival Row. I haven't finished that yet. That's on Amazon. Uh, really, yeah. really, I've enjoyed it. So, people go watch that too because I want another season of that. So. Yeah. 
<clears throat> fairies. There's fairies in it. Hot fairies. Yeah. It, so it's hard from watching the previews to really get that it's like supernatural. I mean, you cut. They kind of show you a little bit, but like it's, it's fully a sort of suit. I was thinking. Do you remember that show that they did? I can't remember what state. It might have been on HBO where it was like the '30s New York sort of with the gangsters and stuff. Do you remember that show? Sopranos. No, no, 1930s. <laughs> <laughs> it had the Steve Buscemi Sopranos in it. Origins? It had Steve Buscemi in it. Oh, Boardwalk Empire. Yes. So when I first saw like the the previews for this show, I was like, oh, this looks like it's going to be like Boardwalk Empire. So, but then like you know, there's fairies. Yeah, I was going to say, so... when did those show up in Boardwalk Empire? <laughs> um, the last little bit of news that I would like to share is, and it's not even really news, it's just something cool that somebody has created, is in, so in the Jonathan Hickman X-Men books that are coming out, there is this language that has been created, Cohen, and it's just, it's basically a bunch of symbols, he uses it in the book, usually at the beginning and then at the end, and then sometimes there's little things in the book that have the symbols, um... Most of it at the end is telling you what's going to happen in the next books. But it's just a fun little thing that they put in that you can try and decode. Well, someone has created a TIFF file that you can download, which is a text file that changes your font. So now you can download it and type in Krakoan, which I think would be super handy for helping you figure out what the fuck is being said at the end of these books. <laughs> I would love if uh, somehow the artists and Hickman go in and try to tweak it now to point two o or yeah. something so that the new code needs to be cracked. Yeah, it's... Well, and the interesting... So the, in, the interesting thing about the text in the comics is not only are there, like, symbols that mean letters, but as with other languages, if you combine this symbol with this symbol, it turns it into a different meaning than if it's just the symbol and the symbol by itself. So while this... This this uh, font could help you. If you don't fully understand the way it works in the comic books, it, you might not be able to entirely decode what's going on in there. Um, I don't even know that Jonathan Hickman fully understands what's going on there either. <laughs> I think he's kind of left that up to his artist because in his tweet that he put out about this, he was like, I don't, I didn't make this, so I'm not endorsing it, but it's cool. Play around with it. Also, don't message me in it because I don't know what the fuck it says. <laughs> But, ugh, such a fucking fun, good thing. You can tell when a comic book is doing really well and is inspiring when shit like this starts coming out, right? Most people don't take the time to make a whole fucking font based on some sort of language that shows up in a comic book, unless it's that inspiring. And this book is definitely that. So... There's some early reviews for The Joker that have come out. Yeah. It uh, debuted at the Venice Film Festival. Kind of fucking eight-minute stand-up ovation applause yeah. thingy. Uh, it's sitting in Rotten Tomatoes for, obviously, critic reviews because there hasn't been general audience right. until it comes out in October. Uh, 84%. I would have thought it might be a little bit higher. Maybe there's some major differences that I've heard that most people then will have their own personal bias of why right. they won't give it more. I am still trying to figure out what kind of movie this is. It's a Joaquin Phoenix movie. Psychological thriller is yeah. what I feel. It's, I mean... So it's not a comic book movie, but it, it is. is. Are yeah. we going to see anything else besides Joker? Like, I definitely want to see it, and the allure around it has been very yeah dramatic and mesmerizing but I read an article where Joaquin Phoenix wanted to make sure that his that his Joker was undefinable by psychiatrists like a psychiatrist couldn't watch his his performance as a Joker and be like oh he's a sociopath or oh he has multiple personality disorder like he literally wanted to make him so like chaotic and like messed up that a psychiatrist couldn't just sit down and be like oh this is what's wrong with him Interesting. Yeah. Uh, also, I heard that he had some nervous breakdowns playing the character, which... But fucking this character gets into people... I mean, 
Like, what happened to Heath Ledger? I'm not saying that his death and being the Joker are connected, but, I mean... I was going to say, I don't feel like uh, Jack Nicholson, it really rubbed off on him. But then again, look he, at Jack Nicholson. He warned Heath Ledger before he started well, playing well, the Joker. Th- well, that's what I'm saying, though, is I didn't feel Jack Nicholson's Joker was as psychotic as they have him now. I felt that in the original Batman, he was more the fun yeah. trickster person. So that's why I was saying I don't feel like it really rubbed off on him, but... You see Jack Nicholson now, and maybe you can pretend that uh, it is part of it. I don't know. I'm excited to watch it, though. I think, uh, I mean, it's backed by Martin Scorsese produced it. And there's not really ever been a thing that Martin Scorsese has been a part of where I've been like, ew. So, (laughs) I have seen, I've, so I have some friends who are a bit feminist in my circle, and I have seen them post some things talking about how they didn't need another movie that took a toxic man and made him into like a a flawed hero. And I just want to say this to those people. You have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. (laughs) Like watch the fucking movie. I can guarantee you that Joaquin Phoenix Joker, not a hero in this movie. Not at all. There's no way. There's no way they're trying to make the Joker into some sort of like likable personality. That's not what this movie is about. It may seem like that from the previews. It may make you feel a little bit sorry for him, but I can guarantee you that's not going to be what they're going for in this movie. So calm the fuck down and watch the movie before you start throwing shade at it. (laughs) Do you ever get those random pop-ups when you're on YouTube that says, join YouTube Premium for one month free? Oh, yeah. It happens all the fucking time. Yeah. Uh, I would say next spring, do it for one month. But that's primarily to watch Cobra Kai uh, Season Mm. 3. If you don't believe me, from now until September 12th, uh, YouTube is having the whole first season streaming for free. So you can find it on just normal YouTube. You don't need to do the free sign-up or pay money for it. 100%, I actually did the free month uh, two years ago when Season 1 came out because I wanted to Mm -hmm. see what it was all about. It is so good. Yeah. It's, It's crazy how... You would think, like, that ended. That was like an 80s movie. We don't need more of it. And when you watch it, if you're ever a fan of the first one, you you feel like this is what you've been waiting for. This is one of those sequels that has Hmm. always been uh, needed. And then last thing that I really have is uh, Arizona has uh, signed emergency uh, declarations for Storm of Area 51. <laughs> I mean, guys, Arizona, come on. There's a fucking hurricane that's about to hit the coast. Maybe that's a little bit more of an emergency than a bunch of nerds trying to run up on a very tightly secured facility. <laughs> I, I, yes. But then again, <laughs> I mean, they may need some, you know, extra help to stop uh, all the aliens from escaping. I don't <laughs> Uh, oh, and pro tip for anyone that's in uh, the way of the hurricane: if uh, you want to do some quick spring cleaning, just throw your shit outside, and it'll the be hurricane gone. Will take care of the rest. <laughs> Seriously, though, don't like literally don't watch the hurricane. Fucking go inside and board up your windows, or leave yeah, the path. You've had some warning. Um, the, I was listening to interviews about this shit, and there was one lady they were talking to who was like, I'm the type of girl who likes to watch the tornado until it gets right on your doorstep, and then I go in the basement. And then they did an interview with the mayor of the town that she was living in, and he was like, she does not, she cannot do that. She needs to, <laughs> she needs to put up fucking boards. She didn't say fucking because it was NPR. But <laughs> she needs to put up boards in her windows, and like, there are no basements here, so, you know, take precautions. <laughs> So, people of Florida, get the fuck out, or at least put boards up in your windows. Something. Do something. Um, yeah, that's all that I really have. Me too. Okay. Uh, Booze in the Book this week is Power Rangers number 42, and... In this uh, issue... Is this the Omega Ranger one? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've... They showed last issue the first of the Omega Rangers. I'm enjoying this different uh, take on the original series. Ever since the Shattered Grid, they're going off in their own, uh, not following necessarily the TV show. And that's great. You know, I don't need a 
yeah, like I said, a TV show in comic book form. Right, you've already seen it. And I like that what they did to the beginning of this series where it was familiar, but now it's branching out. And so with the Omega Rangers, which is a lot of secrecy and mystery behind them, there's this uh, new Orange Ranger, and Ooh. it's... Uh, it's a bit crushing when you when you find out more about uh, the person and their age, and that's all I'm going to uh, say about it. Okay. So with that, uh, crushing an orange. Oh, God. I'm going to pair this with an orange crush shot, which I felt just... Uh, adequate. It's yeah. an adequate pairing. Pretty much it's... What's in an orange crush shot? Uh, so, uh, just some vodka, some triple sec, and orange juice, or you could use actual orange crush okay. for more oh, orangeness, that but... That sounds better. Orange crush is delicious. Yeah. <laughs> now I want an orange crush. Do they even sell that shit anymore? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I feel like I haven't... It's like one of those sodas I know they still do the sun-kissed orange. Yeah. Like, as you age as an adult, you get away from drinking things like grape pop and orange pop. <laughs> <Right>. and <laughs> Oh, well, uh, hopefully everyone enjoyed, uh, in the States, a good holiday weekend. And everyone around the world uh, enjoyed whatever they were yes. doing this weekend. Yes. Agreed. Then stay thirsty for the return of uh, the dynamic... Uh, Dum dums? I don't know. I feel like I want to give them a nickname that's related to blow up dolls now, <laughs> but I don't. I can't. I'm not that fast with nicknames. Uh, we'll think about it. Yeah, we'll call <laughs> it to them to their faces. <laughs> and they'll be like, "What? <laughs> Should have listened to the end yep. of the ep- last week's episode." Yep, exactly. All right, so I guess stay thirsty for uh, finding out whatever the fuck we come up with. 